Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky. This podcast is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today in the podcast, we have Ryan Christopher Nunes. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you on. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in New Jersey, did my undergrad at Georgetown, undergrad in finance and international business, and had a minor in French. And then I started working and doing my MBA nights and weekends at New York University, started rubbing shoulders with folks on Wall Street and decided that that was the next logical step with an MBA in finance as well. And so got into commodity derivatives as the US was going through the shale revolution, which was just as transformative as the dot-com revolution for this country. And so just right place, right time, had a ton of success with clients, generated over $200 million in revenue, part of some pretty large transactions in the space. Really enjoyed the work that I did there. And for the past you know, five or so years, I guess three or so years that I was doing that, I thought about each year, I had a New Year's goal of, hey, what else could I do? Just seeing the cyclicality in oil and gas and just knowing that you know things were changing with renewables and the push for, for green energy. And so I um, spent a lot of time thinking about different avenues and what I was passionate about and what my skill set would be good with, a good fit, and heard about multifamily and was like, this is what I've been looking for. So I kind of jumped right in and became a general partner in two deals and really wanted to get my hands dirty with asset management and really understanding, seeing that that was really key. Operating assets, just given where we were in the cycle, was just really key to performance. And then met my partner and also an ex-Wall Street private equity NYU. He was undergrad, but has his MBA as well, uh, Jeff Yang out in California. And then we started looking at deals, underwrote about 300 deals, and we just closed our third one in May. So just a few months back. And you know, it's been it's been a great ride. Been really exciting. Wish we bought more. But you know, what we found is the asset management is so crucial to this business. So, you know, what I wanted to do is kind of share my three thoughts or three tips on you know kind of macro ideas and then three kind of tactical ideas in terms of asset management. So I'm a general partner in 777 units and a limited partner in over 3,000 units. So about 18 deals. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. 
We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Yeah, and we met a few years ago. I've just been watching you, you know, take down these deals and the quality of work that you're doing. I've been really impressed. So psyched to have you on and psyched, yeah, you're a fellow New Jerseyan. So <laughs> I yeah, love that's it. great. Let's love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into some asset management tips and tricks. You know, what are some of the macro tips you'd suggest for someone just starting out? Yes. So, you know, I would say the first one is buy right. And so it's much easier to manage a deal, an asset when you've bought it at a good basis where you don't have to, you know, stretch everything and, you know, push things on the residents or on the staff to make the deal perform where you've come in. So fundamentally, when you come in with a head start, for instance, you know, our last three deals, we bought them 15% below where other deals were trading. So we just came in with a natural head start and, you know, we underwrote conservatively. So whether that was rent increases, income growth, and one of the deals that our first deal that we did in San Antonio last October, our income for year one, we projected zero growth, um, just given what was happening with COVID, but, you know, we've almost been nearing about 10% growth. So when you have that kind of difference, you know, all of a sudden you're able to distribute more, been distributing about 10% on that deal. So again, buying right positions you well in terms of your operations. So it makes your asset management, yeah, you still have to asset manage a deal, but you just come out with a head start. So just a fundamental principle. On the the second one, I would say be involved with staff decisions. And this is something that I learned on my time at on Wall Street. So, you know, for every time that I interviewed at different banks or interviewed somebody, there's probably 10 to 20 interviews that you'd have to go through just to make sure that everyone had a buy-in on that person. If everyone, you know, made sure that if they asked a question a certain way, they would and then we'd all pull together and say, Hey, this person responded. Do you hear when when I asked them this, they said this? You know, and just trying to pick out character flaws or or any issues that would become um you know problems down the line so just to suss that out so you know how that relates to our on-site staff is uh, Jeff and I have the final interview in terms of staffing. So that's something that's really important. That's kind of non-negotiable item for us, just in terms of you know making sure that we're going to be on the weekly calls with this person, supporting this person, and then they you know they also feel then that if we were part of the interview process, that they have our buy-in and they feel supported when they come over and hit the ground running full time. So that's another key thing that is is just key to our mass asset management, just kind of fundamental principle. And then three is take responsibility. So, you know, we kind of have a saying that, you know, it's in the buck stops here. So, you know, whether that's, you know, people will point to a property manager, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's our asset. And so, and we're hiring them, but we also need to be on top of things. And so we don't just blame them when something goes wrong. You know, we've had to fire property managers just because we, they weren't, you know, living up to our expectations and we felt the reporting and so forth just wasn't, wasn't where needed to be and operationally it wasn't as strong as it could be and so you know those are decisions that you know we're getting paid two percent of total income on our deals and for the asset management fee and that investors are investing in our deal our deals and paying us asset management fees to truly asset manage the assets that means everything and so we don't just say oh you know it's not a responsibility it's you know everything that happens at the property you know we need to respond to we need to figure out a solution there's always going to be issues and problems that come up but the asset managers, you know, need to take responsibility and, and figure out how to solve those issues. So, you know, that's something that, you know, we find, you know, pretty crucial 
So I would say those are the three macros. So one, buy right, two, be involved with staff decisions, and three, taking responsibility for what happens at the property. I love those three pieces of advice. And, you know, for passive investors out there, you know, almost every syndicator is going to say they're conservative in their underwriting, but just because they say it doesn't mean they do it. So, you know, Ryan said they underwrote a property with zero growth in the first year. So make sure you're, you do check the pro forma and really understand their reversion cap and, and how they're underwriting because everyone's going to say this is, you know, super conservative, but it's not true for a lot of GPs out there. All right. Yeah, so let's yeah, talk absolutely. about tactical tips. Do you have any suggestions on the tactical side? Yeah. So on the tactical side, just things that people can implement, you know, today, if you will. So one is, is using Asana. So it's a great tool that's web-based. And what we do is for, we outline, here's the property manager task. Here's things the ownership team needs to do, unit turns, marketing. You know, if there was a site visit or follow-up items from our previous calls, like here, and then we label high, medium, and low priority, and we rank them so that, you know, the staff were all aligned in terms of here are the things that we need to tackle. Here's what's important to success at the property. And we even have a section where we write out our goals um, just so people feel they know what we're trying to do. And so we all feel you know involved in that process. I mean, we really take a team, very hands-on approach. We value other folks' decisions. So it's an opportunity for them to comment on tasks, to create tasks for us too as ownership team. So I don't know what we would do without that You know, for the deal that we acquired in October of last year called Seven Pines in San Antonio. You know, I was just looking earlier today, we've completed 207 tasks since takeover. So in about 10 months, 207 tasks, about 20 something tasks a month, which is a lot. So, you know, what we try to do is just congratulate the team, say, guys, you know, like, let's, you know, though you can be in the weeds in terms of asset management, but looking back and taking a step back and saying, wow, look how far we've come with this asset. So those tasks range anything from, you know, creating signage for the property, changing rents to a unit turn to Facebook posts or so forth. So, you know, pretty meaningful tasks and to accomplish 207 of them in 10 months is, it's nice to be able to track that where, you know, if you're just trading emails or after calls, it's hard to really track, you know, definitively the progress that one is making. So that, that'd be my first one is use Asana. Two is use Zoom. That sounds you know pretty simple, but you know all of our weekly calls are on Zoom. The audio, frankly, is better. We can share screens. You know we can go through Asana together. And then you know since Jeff's in California and you know I'm in Houston, I, I make it to the properties often. But it's nice at least a touch point every week and to see people's faces. And I think that's that's valuable. And then lastly is use WhatsApp. So, you know, it's just amazing to me how many tools are free these days. I think all of these tools are free. I and mean, we did do the paid version for Zoom. So our meetings can go on for more than 45 minutes, but WhatsApp has been a free tool and we have, you know, our onsite staff on that. So our regional, as well as the onsite team and our general partners, just so that we can exchange notes. You know, for instance, before this call, we were waiting on some appliances and we have some unit turns and some residents moving in and it's like, hey, those get delivered and just, okay, good, they did. Or, hey, how's that unit K7, the townhome that we just renovated? Oh, here's some pictures of it. Oh, cool. So it's just, again, an opportunity to work as a team. And I think that we really try to instill in the onsite staff to think like owners. And I think a way to do that is through those three things, use Asana, use Zoom, use WhatsApp. So three tactical things that, that we use that we found tremendously helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, you know, think like owners. It's so important because 
That makes all the world difference in your property. If your staff are just punching in, punching out, and you could see it when you walk other properties, but when they really care about your property, it's a world of difference. So yeah, excellent piece of advice. I have a follow-up question. When you're using, you know, WhatsApp and then email and text and phone, you know, I feel like I'm getting like beeped all the time. Like, how do you turn it off? You know, like an hour a day or certain times, like how do you manage all the different like alerts? Yeah. So for me, I'm used to that. So I came from a commodities, you know, Wall Street background where it's like you were constantly being hit up. And if you didn't respond immediately, you know, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars on a trade. So, you know, what we do is our main forms of communication are WhatsApp and Asana. So WhatsApp for just a date, you know, if we need a quick answer on something, email is used if there's, you know, we get morning reports. So those come on email, but we try to actually use email less. You know, my partner and I mostly communicate on iMessage. And then Asana is where we can just house everything. So here's a unit turn, here's pictures before, here's the bids, here's pictures after, here's a Facebook post that we wrote, or here's you know tasks. Let's just keep everything in there instead of emailing me back and forth because those emails just get lost. So we feel that Asana is like a vault and it reduces, you can just click the people that you want to be notified. So in a way it reduces the email kind of nonsense. Great piece of advice. So I got another question. What has been one of the harder lessons you've learned regarding asset management? You know, I think, you know, this is, yeah, I guess this in a way it's asset management, but, you know, I think frankly, we were, you know, very conservative in a lot of our underwriting and it's great to be that way, but also you need to be practical and, and, you know, in this market, you do have to be aggressive to win deals. So you have to kind of, you know, straddle that line of, Hey, this is plausible. You know, we've done similar things or we've done it before and we can do it again type of attitude versus, you know, I'm going to underwrite zero and hope like, you know, for the deal that we acquired, another deal that we acquired last year, reserve parking. And I think this will, you know, touch upon how quickly the markets change. But for instance, in our other income reserve parking, we just set 11 spots in year one at $15. You know, we're nine, 10 months into that acquisition, we've done 63 spots and now we're charging $30. So, you know, you won't be able to win deals if you're just going to underwrite 11 now, you're going to have to say, Hey, you know, there is a, an acute need for reserve parking. But again, we just tried to be really, really conservative, but you know, what the upshot of that was that we frankly missed a lot of deals. And now we see those deals coming back out to market and it's like, Oh my gosh. So I would say that's been the hardest thing, particularly, you know, it's, it's been kind of two years that we've been in the space and you know bid on a number of deals and now seeing folks sell those same deals at you know massive premiums to what we bid before. So there was one deal we bid like 90,000. They're taking it to market now for 150. So you know you can be conservative. It's just you have to be practical as well. Yeah, I think we're in the exact same boat, just way too conservative when we started out. And you've seen this the same deals come around and you kick yourself, but obviously you're in this for the long haul and you'll continue to be successful for, for many, many years and, and get those deals back at some, you know, down the road. <laughs> so what is your asset management superpower? I would say what I touched upon before is, you know, I'd like to be, you know, or am involved in the hiring decisions. And I think that's really, you know, I think uh, a gift from God in terms of having a good read on people, having been in sales my whole career and, you know, having met hundreds of people, thousands of people, I guess, you know, when I, when I meet quality staff, I know it. So it's like, this is the person we want behind the desk interacting with our residents. And when I meet someone, you know, we've, we've met people and it was like, no, this person will not work at our property. You know, I feel like that's something that's just really important again, because we take responsibility for our deals 
we feel we need to have a, a say in that. All right. Awesome. Thank you for being on and adding a ton of value. A lot of great nuggets. Buy right. Having your staff think like ownership, uh, using Asana. So many great nuggets. Please tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your company. Sure. Go to lifechangingcapital.com. So we have some videos and some free resources and you can reach out to me through that. Awesome. To all of our listeners, thanks for listening in. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and like, subscribe and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. We will talk to you next week. Thank you.